So this morning, I'm looking at Holy Spirit as guiding us in whole truth. And I have to say, I had a bit of a challenge to, to prepare this. So I decided to do things a little bit differently. Okay, I hope it's all right with you. So you're only going to see two slides from me today, okay? Oh, this one, and then at the end, I will give you a slide with all the verses, where if you want, you can snap a picture and you can read all the text at home. Okay? All right. So I want to start this a little bit with a narrative, uh, a biblical narrative, obviously. You know, before Jesus started his mission, he got baptized and the heaven opened and the Spirit descended on him. And the Father said, this is my son whom I love and with him I'm well pleased. You all know this passage, right? So right here, before Jesus did anything, Jesus had all the approval of heaven. He knew he was loved. He knew he was accepted. And then there's a very interesting verse. It says, the Spirit led him to the desert. The Spirit led him to a difficult time, but the Spirit led him, right? So then... The disciple, the disciple, that's right, the disciple, the disciple learned from Jesus, right? And when Jesus ascended, Jesus promised them that they will never be alone. And they were told to wait for the Spirit before they start the mission. Okay? So can you see how Jesus modeled for us how to do the Father's will and how to walk led by the Spirit? Can you see that? Then Jesus said to the disciple two very interesting things. It's a very important message. John 14, 26, the Holy Spirit will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. And then he called the Holy Spirit the Spirit of truth. So in John 16, verse 30, he says, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you in all truth. That's why you are not alone. He is with you to teach you, to guide you. Those were Jesus' words. Jesus' words themselves. Let me pause here. Because I think it's super challenging. All right? Often, we believe that reading the Bible is what will lead us in all truth. Okay? Because we think, you know, knowing the truth, like even the spirit, uh, the, the verse, you know, um, you shall know the truth and the, the truth will set you free. You know, you know those verse, yes? Every time we have this verb, knowing the truth, knowing, okay? Biblically speaking, it does not mean knowing intellectually what's right, what's wrong. It does not mean knowing intellectually about God or about Jesus. But when the Bible says knowing the truth, it refers to knowing intimately the person of Jesus Christ. Because who is the truth? Jesus. Jesus is the truth. He says himself, I am the truth, the way, the life. The truth is Jesus. So today, 
and it's still valid for today. Jesus saying, you will know the truth by being connected with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit who is the spirit of truth. And when the spirit of truth comes, it will guide you in all truth. It will remind you everything I've said. It will teach you. You with me? Yeah? So, <clears throat> Jesus didn't say to the, the, the disciple, he didn't say, okay, I am now going, okay? You, the 12 disciples there, you have shouted me. You are the one who know me really, okay? So go and write the books because that's the way the future generation will meet me. He, he didn't say that. Uh, stay with me until the end. He didn't say that. He said, wait for the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth, because the Holy Spirit will teach you all things. So the way to know Jesus, the truth today, is to actively collaborate with the work of the Spirit. Listen, I am not saying that the Bible is not useful. I am not saying that. You know, in 2 Timothy 3, verse 16, Paul is very, very clear that all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable and authoritative for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction. So clearly we need the scriptures, okay? We absolutely need the scriptures. It's fundamental. But we mustn't be afraid of Holy Spirit because Holy Spirit will never, ever, ever, ever contradict the scriptures. Think about it. What is the scriptures? What is the Bible? The, we, we are told, and it's said in the Bible, that the scriptures are themselves God-breathed. What does it mean the, the scriptures are God-breathed? That means that the Holy Spirit himself inspired man to write the books in the first place. So why would the Holy Spirit contradict himself? It's impossible. Impossible. Actually, the scriptures is one of the most important and obvious way to engage with the person Amen. of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Yes, you agree with that? Amen. So it's a gift to us. It's a gift to us. However, Jesus never said to know me personally, to follow me, you just need to read the Bible. He didn't say that. He even didn't say, ouch, he didn't say, you need to read the Bible with a little bit of help of Holy Spirit. He didn't say that. No, he said, what did he say? The spirit of truth will guide you in all truth. He will reveal everything. He will teach you everything. So we need a relationship with God alive in us right now. Does it make sense? So is the Bible enough to live our Christian lives? Do you know that? Is it, is it enough? It might be a shock to you, to some of you, but actually it's not. Do you know that on earth, some of the most heinous crimes, some of the most rounded war and crusades were done in the, were done in the name of God, quoting the Bible? Actually, the Bible itself says that the devil knows the scripture very well. Very well. 
And on the other hand of the spectrum, some part in the world, Christianity is growing remarkably underground with hardly, hardly physical books. Because Holy Spirit. Some part of the world has got no access to the Bible. Some people can't read. But yet, God is at work. People are getting saved. They are getting healed. They are getting delivered in the name of Jesus by the Spirit who is a person. And he is at work. So this is my first point, massive point here. There is an normal Christian life without the guidance of the Holy Spirit. There isn't. Normal Christian life is with guidance of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit himself as a person lives in us and his job, his function, his role in the Trinity is to teach us, to guide us, to transform us by revealing Jesus, who is the word of God, the whole truth. That's why Hebrew 10 tells us the law will be you know, inscribed in your heart and mind. It will be inside you, inside you. So how do we become Christ-like? How do we fulfill everything that Father God has prepared for us? It's only in communion with the Holy Spirit that we will be fully mature. To paraphrase 1 Corinthians 2, before there was a kind of a veil in front of our eyes. We could not hear, we could not understand, we could not comprehend the things of God and the things God had prepared for, for those who love him. These things were then revealed to us by the Spirit. Because the Spirit knows. The Spirit knows the deep thoughts of God. Amen. The Spirit knows God. Mm. <laughs> this is very provocative. I find a verse, 1 John uh, 2, verse 27. Mm. It's very provocative. Mm. You don't need anyone to teach you what is right. That's what the verse said. The Spirit of truth will guide you. I mean, let's pause here. Clearly, discipleship is important, right? You agree? It's in the Bible, all of us, that we have to go and make disciples. But, but you know in your heart that the work of God in someone's heart cannot replace anything else. It's, it's the root of everything. Uh, you know, I've got, I've got children. Some of you have children. Or I've got friends. If I go and I, I say, you know what you're doing there? Hmm, change, because that's not so good. This is good. Sometimes it might challenge them. Sometimes it might help them. But nothing will replace when they get a revelation. Oh my God, that's not right. I need to change. Nothing will replace this inner conviction that you know something needs to change. That's what the Holy Spirit does. Okay, the Holy Spirit right there in your heart will reveal truth if you collaborate with Him. You know, the second point I'd like to make really important is the Holy Spirit reveals truth. But as well, revelation keeps coming and coming and coming and coming and we're growing and we're growing and it never ends. Would you agree with that? Okay, so personally, I remember when I was 18, the holy presence of God several times, but I remember particularly one time where I was worshipping and it hit me, this amazing awe of God. I, to be honest, I... There was one occasion, I have to be honest with you, I literally was glued to my chair. So I, for an hour, I, I, was not, I couldn't move. 
So on the outside, all you would have seen is that. That was me, an hour. But inside, God was going to the core of me. And, I, and this moment changed my life forever. Forever. I suddenly realized, you're not just my savior, you're my Lord. And you work everything. Amen. You are worth everything. I must live for you. That was the moment. That was the moment. I said, wow, wow, God. I must live for you. Amen. It was a work of the Spirit. And are you not glad that we're learning and we're growing with God? And He shows us as we walk in. I mean, think about the first Christian in the Bible. Think about the first Christian. Some Christians, they thought that the Bible was only for the Jewish people. Mm. But the Spirit, so the Spirit had to show, no, 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 it's as well for the Gentiles. So don't believe that. You know, come on, there's a gentle. Then, are you not glad that Paul was able to articulate the gospel in such an amazing way in the different episodes? I mean, Paul didn't even know Jesus, you know, like personally. But, but the Spirit of God in the life of Paul, he suddenly had this revelation, you know, of the gospel and what it meant for salvation. You know, it was amazing. Are you not glad that at the turn of the century, the 20th century, Christian discovered again, again the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Are you not glad? Are you not glad that in the 80s suddenly we realized, oh my gosh, we forgot grace. The message of grace, you know, we are saved by grace. It's a work of his grace. And, and we are called to be the glorious bride of Christ. Are you not glad that in the 90s there was what we call the Toronto re Revival and then suddenly we discover, oh, he's my father. Abba Father is my father. And we discover this importance of the intimacy with God. Are you not glad that now we think, oh, yes, it's not just about the church. It's about the kingdom. We must bring the the kingdom, the healing, you know, who God is, because he's our hand, we must bring that to the street. Are you not glad? Amen. It was there all along in the scripture, but now the Holy Spirit is in the move, reminding us, reminding the church about those wonderful truths. So, Holy Spirit, he guides us in all truth by teaching us, but you know what he does as well, is he practically leads us. And I know that in this room, there are many, many people who have been practically led by God. Amen. Okay? And I'm thinking, I'm thinking about this verse in Romans 8. It says that being led by the Spirit is what characterizes the children of God. Hallelujah. Being led by the Spirit is what characterizes the children of God. We are not led by a spirit of fear, but by a spirit of sonship. We are a son and daughter, and we are led by the Spirit. Think about this magnificent example in Acts. You know, in Acts 8, when Philip go and meet the Ethiopian. Do you remember that account? The Holy Spirit tell, tells him where to go. The Holy Spirit tells him what to do. The Holy Spirit says, go to the chariot and stay near. So he does. And then... You know, I was going to say the rest is history. I mean, I'm not even talking about the fact that after this encounter, it, you know, Philip was just lifted and he said, oh, 
you're paid somewhere else. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's big, isn't it? So, uh, there are so many accounts in the Acts where the Holy Spirit was present, practically guiding. So, for example, many, many times, Paul was told, go there, not there. No, don't go there. Go this, go, go this place. So he was stopped. He was guided where to go. He was as well warned, you know, you, you will encounter persecution and chain. He, he knew before he happened. He was warned by the Holy Spirit. I believe that both the teaching activity of the Holy Spirit and the guidance of the Holy Spirit are for us today. So for this reason, I want to give you two personal testimony of, you know, I mean, I chose maybe big ones, but I know that there are many, many even things that God has actually been my guidance and, you know, practical guidance as well. So, in my own life, and I would say, I'm going to take my teens, my teen years, early, early 20s, God spoke to me about two things, okay? One, surprise, surprise, was about worship, okay? And how vital it was to be a worshiper and to worship him in spirit and truth. It, it, it really became like a growing passion, but I can only say, I can honestly say that it's like the Holy Spirit got hold of my guts. I can't explain it. It was like, oh, you've got to, you've got to do something about worship. Mm. All right? And then the second thing, when I was 15, Wow, when I was 15, a very simple meeting, a very unassuming old man gave a prophetic word in the, in, the, in the church. And he went a little bit like that. One day, you will leave your country. Around in 10 years time, that's what the man was saying. Around in 10 years time, you will leave your country. So you need to be like Joshua. You know, Joshua, and he quoted Joshua, um, Chapter 1, keep the word of God and be strong and courageous. You know that chapter 1? Be strong and courageous. And you know what? I was 15 year old and he was given publicly and he went, Pow! oh my gosh, that's me. Oh my gosh, that's me. And honestly, I had no idea how. And I'm not sure I wanted to. <laughs> but I, I knew it was, it was me. Okay, so first one for the worship. I give you the context for the worship. It's the end of the 80s. Okay, in France, maybe, maybe not in other places in the world, but in France, in my churches and most churches, we sing in numbers, right? And it's a, it's a brother who stands at the pulpit and announce the number and we all open the hymn book and we sing the song, then we turn to the next number, then we sing the song, we turn to the name, that's the context. And then there's the old lady at the piano goes, and if you're lucky, you get an organ, which is even better. Anyway, you see the picture. Few things are starting in England. I know a few things are starting in England. There's, um, uh, you know, uh, Graham Kendrick's March for Jesus. There is Martin Smith, the, the, the Red Devils. Do you remember that? Some will remember. But it's not accessible to me. You know, if I'm lucky, I meet someone who talks about it. It's not accessible. Remember, there's no internet, all right? So unless you meet a person who's telling you about it, you can't, you can't know about it. Mm -hmm. I have no role model. I have no coach. I'm in a context that it's not even permitted for a woman to do anything publicly. That's, that, that's the reality. 
But Holy Spirit. But Holy Spirit. Do you know? Do you know the name my dad wanted to give his firstborn? David. And here I was. The woman version of David. <laughs> Honestly, it was like that. I can honestly say the Holy Spirit taught me and guided me. He gave me a passion to pursue his presence. He gave me a passion to go and study and understand the scriptures. That's what he does. That's where the scripture coming. I remember Havidly. There's an alternate, isn't it? Havidly or Havidly? <laughs> anyway, I remember pulling all the reference, Old Testament, New Testament, all the expression of worship and the tabernacle. And what does it mean, the shaking of glory of God? I was no idea. So I was reading, I was reading, you know, and then I, I just I, I just started to understand how anointing, anointing works and how worship is the act of glori glorifying God, full stop, and how it's so important that we are all worshipers and how important that worship is prophetic because uh, when you worship, it reveals his heart. And as well, you can worship with a new heart, with a new spirit. Anyway, I could carry on three hours on that. And what he did then, he gave me the wisdom on how to build worship team. Then, and even now, relying on the Holy Spirit to help building team, worship team, that rely on unity and love rather Amen. than performance. Amen. Okay? I don't understand how it happened. But Holy Spirit was my teacher and my guide. And I want to encourage you because it's for you today too. If you're stepping in a new job, if you're stepping in a new area, if you're doing something new for God but, or something new for your boss, if you never had children but suddenly you have children, if you've never been a grandparents but suddenly you are grandparents, okay, listen to all the people. But first of all, hear the Holy Spirit for your own situation. Amen. Let him drive you to the scripture. Let him speak to you about your situation. Your precise situation. Now, about my missionary call. He prepared me. I had no idea how it would happen. I mean, I was only 15. Actually, after 15, I have to tell you, for two years I was not following God. I was not following God. And then he had to call me back and I understood something about this. That's a, a story for another time. I understood something about his love and then it clicked. Okay. But so step by step, he prepared me. Age 21, I found myself going to prepare for a PhD in Paris. And it was a massive step for me. I mean, it was moving home. It was being independent. It was dealing with, well, in the midst, I had to deal with a horrendous situation like... Um, Grief, I lost uh, one of my best friends to suicide. I lost one of my cousins to leukemia who was only 20. It, it was not all rosy, okay? Mm. It was not rosy. Mm. And then I would still come back in the weekend and I would lead worship in my hometown. So I carry on still loving God, just do my faithful kind of thing I could do. Age 25, finishing my PhD, I meet Jamie. Uh, and I saw an evangelization weekend in my home church. Uh, and, okay, so now, I'll backtrack a little bit. You're going to laugh at that. Uh, when I'm 19, my best friend, who is slightly older than me, she meets a British soldier 
and marry him and they go and live in Germany. And I'm like, <laughs> what she's thinking? What she's thinking? I would never do that. <laughs> what she, I would never do that. I'm 19. Okay. So anyway, so and then I go to Paris and you know, but that's really honestly. Uh, and you know, especially a British, I was kind of thinking, well, you know, if he was Italian, you know, I mean, in my book, going, <laughs> you know, in my book, in my book, going north, that's never a good thing. Go south, don't go north. Don't go north. <laughs> I'm going north. <laughs> but in my books, north is, no, 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 no. Okay, so anyway, I'm 25, and, and it, as well as a young person, I know it might not be relevant to you, but, um, it was quite a few years with, without dating at all. I mean, uh, you know, I, I saw many of my friends getting married at that age. We were, at that time, we were getting married quite early. Uh, but I had made this decision that I will trust God for that and I will not go fishing. So I said, you know, God, I trust you. You will bring the right person at the right time. So I meet Jamie and we kind of becoming friends. Uh, and we decide we will meet in July because I'm going to Stonely Bible Week. And he is going. So we found out, you know, he had sent me a few letters. We'll give you the whole story one day. <laughs> but, um, you know, and so I said, okay, I'm going to meet Jamie in this, uh, in this um, Stony Bible Week. We're just friends at that point. Now, I arrived in the Bible Week. Uh, so I'm 25. It's 10 years after I've been given this word. I'm not even thinking about the word, honestly. But I'm stepping into the tent. And Terry Virgo preached an amazing series on that stone in 95. Would you like to know what the story was about? It was all about Joshua. So he preached for the whole Joshua thing, chapter one, you know, be brave, courageous, la la la. And then he proceeds talking about crossing the Jordan. And all I can hear is, you're gonna cross the channel, you're gonna cross the channel, you're gonna cross the channel. <laughs> every time, every time he says, and he crossed the Jordan, and I'm like, Cross the channel. Okay, got the picture, God. Got the picture. And so, honestly, when he came to, uh, to marrying Jamie, which is a very big decision in life, I had been warned. I had been warned. I had been prepared. Sometimes through loneliness, sometimes through grief, for tough things, really. But I had peace. I can honestly say I didn't even have to pray. I know I, I knew I loved him, and I knew that the Spirit had led me to this place. I didn't even have to pray. So I was ready at that point to lay down, carry country, and off I went. Massive guidance of the Holy Spirit. Massive guidance of the Holy Spirit. I just want to finish by inviting you to trust the Holy Spirit. To trust he will teach you what you need. To trust he will equip you in the way that you need. But as well, to trust that he will open and close door when you need open and close door. To trust that he will provide the right people on your way. And to trust that he, he is the one who put the passions in your heart. Mm -hmm. He is the one who will suddenly speak to you and say, do you know what? 
You are called to do this. This is your passion. He will give you zeal and passion to go and study the scripture. He will do that. Because do you know, do you know what? Children of God are led by the spirit of God. Not by the spirit of fear. But they are led by the spirit of God. Do you want to stand? I'm going to pray for us. bit about your own life. Think about your own life. And invite Holy Spirit to do a work in your own heart. Invite him. You know he's not going to force himself on you. So you have to say, yeah, Holy Spirit, I invite you to be my teacher and my guide. Invite him to be your teacher and your guide is worth it. It's worth it. I've got to tell you, if you've not given your heart to Jesus, that's a really good moment. You can give him your heart and say, Jesus, I want to follow you. I want to follow you. You are worth Spirit, just come come now come now come now put passions in heart teach and guide teach and guide you're the one who will guide us in all truth you're the one who will reveal Jesus to us we pray Lord may we know you because of the spirit of truth that we have know you intimately, 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 Lord Jesus. Thank you that you are God. Thank you that you are God. Talk to him. we want to as well come against any kind of fear in our lives because you have not given us a spirit of fear you have not given us any spirit of fear but a spirit of adoption who cries Abba Father you are my God you are my Father you are my God and you are my Father and we pray for peace to come and joy and the fruit of the Spirit mm. to come mm. abundantly in our lives. Amen. As we align you to teach us and guide us, mm. we say thank you, thank you, Holy Spirit, mm. yeah, that you take good care of us. Hallelujah. You take extremely good care of us. Yeah. Extremely good care of us, yeah. Jesus. Mm. And we say thank you from the bottom of our heart. Yeah. We love you. Mm. We love you. Mm. We love you. Mm. Amen. 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 Dimitri.
Dimitri, would you like to put the seven slide? Thank you. He's done it already. He's amazing. So if you want to take a picture, you could have. There's all the verses you can read at home if you need to go back on something. But.